All right, welcome to Game Changer. I can't hear anything. Am I live? I'm not, I don't know if I'm plugged in or not. That's up to you guys. There you go. All right, what a way to start this thing off, man. Come on, we like to kick it off with a little twist each and every time. Is it going to work? Is it not going to work? It can work. It did work according to you and your ears, just not mine. But now it does. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, welcome to Game Changer. I'm David Villa. And I mean, I just love to keep it right on the edge. You know what I'm saying? I love to keep it right on the edge. It fires me up. You guys are amazing. Hey, listen, if you're watching this, I want to thank you on YouTube Live, on Facebook Live, on Instagram Live, on Twitter Live. Hey, if you can share it, if you're on a platform that can share or allows you to share, please do. And if you're subscribed to Spotify, Apple Podcast, or Google Podcast, thank you as well. We're going to dive right in. I'm going to say it this way. We're going to run right in. Why? Because today's episode, today's discussion is called run at it. We're going to talk about run at it. What does that mean when I say run at it? What am I talking about? David, I need to know what you mean because that doesn't, that doesn't describe it. Run at what? And uh, I want to discuss a little bit today about being deliberate, right? Being deliberate, being deliberate when it comes to your goals, when it comes to your purpose, when it comes to what you're believing God for, right? Run at it. I'm going to give you some tips today that have helped me and look, here's the deal, man. We're going through, obviously, just a, a, not, a, not a season, but really, I think, just a time frame of change, right? Uncertainty. It started with uncertainty. Now it's kind of morphed into this is changing, and we have to adapt as people. And listen, it's not unlike any other season and time in history, right? There's been times of change, some a little less drastic or possibly a little less uh, uh, obvious you know, as the season that we're going through right now. But nonetheless, there have been seasons of change, and this is no different. This is a season where change is taking place. And I want to discuss, look, so if we're going to make it through this, not just make it through, but excel through, grow through these seasons, which, by the way, that's what God intends, right? God doesn't intend for you and I just to kind of skate through or slide through, but he intends on you and I making it through with uh, purpose, right? and deliberately walking and running through this. So we're going to talk about running at it. And I want to give you some tips, some things that have helped me and, and just recently, and of course, even in the past, really go through change and seasons of challenge. So we're going to talk about running at it, right? Running at it. And so when you run at your giant with opposite force, and that's kind of what I want you to get the picture of, right? When you, you have to run at your giant, and this is a giant, and really, I'm going to be honest with you, and not just talking about Corona, not just talking about the season that we're going through only, right, even though obviously it's appropriate to discuss that, but discussing, looking at your goal and the challenges that you have in front of you. I mean, there's many people right now that have chose to start a business in this season. There's many people that are going through seasons, you know, where you're you're attempting to, uh, you know, change direction in financial situations, or maybe even you're going a different direction in your marriage. Maybe there's things, of, there's seasons where you're you're separating and you know, whatever you're going through. I mean, there's major, major change going on in the world. And so you have to run at your giant, whatever that giant is, that large thing, right? That Goliath, that, that, that thing that's in front of you that the enemy uses, <clears throat> right? To impose his, his purpose on you. And by the way, that's always to impose fear, right? God imposes faith because the word of God challenges you and I, right? We don't see it. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We can only see one step at a time. But nonetheless, God's word always challenges and pulls faith out of us. Well, the enemy, his job is to impose fear, right? And, and a lot of times that Goliath is not necessarily a giant 
so to speak, that is, is lording over us, but it's a mirage, meaning that the enemy has already thrown his best. I'm going to put that in baseball terms, right? You throw your best. You got nothing left. Listen, I've seen everything. He's, he has to throw at me. He's thrown his best. He did it 2,000 years ago when he, when, he, when he crucified Jesus Christ, not knowing that his best was opening the door for God's best. Amen? And so the enemy's already thrown his best. He has nothing better because now he can only steal, kill, and destroy, right? And he knows he can't destroy you. He knows he can't kill kill you. So he's trying to steal the joy and the peace that you and I have. So when we run at something, we're looking at it with this purpose in mind, right? We have to run at our giant with opposite force, meaning what force is that? I mean, when you look at it, the Bible says that the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, right? And the violent take it by force. We have to run at it with opposite force. So I want to talk to you about running at it. And, and so we have to stop thinking that the solution is outside of ourselves and realize that it's a solution from God and that it is within us. It's, it's not a solution that's outside of ourselves, but it's a solution that is within us because it's a God-given solution. If all you've got is determination, then start running, right? If all you have is determination. If, if everything that you can muster together is just that little ball of determination, be like the widow woman that only had a little bit of oil and a little bit of meal, right? And then she was going to cook the cake and die after she fed her and her son one more meal. The, the prophet said, give me what you have. If all you can do is muster up a little bit of belief, a little bit of determination, a little bit of skill, a little bit of belief, a little bit of faith, a little bit of hope, then you do it and you start running. See, all David could do when he faced his giant was muster up five stones, right? He couldn't put the armor on. It didn't fit. He couldn't put the experience on. He couldn't look back and pull from experience of conquering past big giants. He, he looked at a lion and a bear, but he was facing a new giant in a new dimension. But he said this, he said, I'm going to take some stones. I'm not worthy of the armor. I don't have the resume, but I'm going to put these stones in my, little, in, my, in my little cloth sack here, and I'm going to take them, and I'm going to run at this giant with what I have. And what I have is more than enough because it's not in me, it's in God, right? Stop thinking the solution, right, is outside of yourself and realize that it's within God, within you, and God's within you, all right? So let's look at it. Let's talk about a couple of actionable things that we can do when running at it. I'm going to take a little bit of a left turn here, and I'm going to give you something that may not seem like it has to do with running at it, but it does, right? And it's write it down. Write it down, right? When God says something to you, record it because your spiritual enemy is an expert at stealing the seeds of truth that God wants to plant. I'll say it this way. His weapons, the enemy's weapons are old. They're rusty. They've been around for a while. He doesn't have anything new. His game hasn't changed, right? He's still wearing bell bottoms. Come on. He's, he's, still, he's, he's, he's still stuck in the, he's stuck up in, 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 the, in the 60s, in the 70s, right? He, he, he's, still, he's still got, you know, not the, not the stylish mullet. He's still got the Billy Ray Cyrus mullet. You know what I mean? The, the rolling mullet. It off, you know, off of off the Netflix show. He's got that long country mullet, right? Here's the deal: when God says something, write it down. That's not David's words. That's Habakkuk. Write it down, make it plain, so that those who see it will pick it up and run with it. So when God says something to you, record it, because your spiritual enemy, his job, his rusty old crotchety weapon is to steal the seeds of truth that God wants to plant on the inside of you. The, the word that God put on the inside of you it won't return void, but needs to be watered and cultivated. The enemy wants to come. He knows he can't kill you. He knows he can't destroy you because God's got a hedge of protection over you. But if he can steal the seed, if he can steal the word, if he can do that, he knows that he can take you off 
of your path. And that's how he can get you, right? So the very act of putting words on a page produces a testimony. Take it, man. I have 1,200, almost 1,300 notes in my phone. And I take it and I write down things all the time. Why? Because I want to record them. I want to I put them in writing. I want to place them in front of me so I can see them. Why? Because those who see it will pick it up and run with it. You have to write it down. So the very act of putting words on a page produces a testimony and helps hold you and I accountable. And that's the deal. We got to be accountable, not to just somebody else all the time, right? We need to be accountable to ourselves. I get up every morning. I was discussing this with someone recently where, you know, getting up every morning, right? And getting for the first thing, getting in the word of God, getting into what God has to say to set the tone for my day, right? So when you do that and something speaks to your heart, take those and record them. I, I open up my notes app next to the Bible app. So when I'm reading it, if I want to copy something and paste it in, I do that. Why? So that I can remember that throughout the day, throughout the week, because that is what's going to hold me accountable. Because if God speaks to my heart, I want to record it, write it down so that those who see it, you and those who see it can pick it up and run with it. So let's look at the next uh, point here, right? God is within you. I know you know that, but do you really know that, right? You have to run at pride. Listen, God's within you. So if he's within you, when the enemy pops up, and here's the deal, the enemy, again, has weapons that are predictable. Like the, like the word of God says that your spiritual gifts, right? You're the fruit of the spirit, right? Love, joy, peace. I mean, you have these things. You have kindness. You have humility. You have these weapons that God's given you, these gifts that God's given you. Not only that, the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God. They're pulling down the strongholds and casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of who he is. So those weapons counter the enemy's weapons. So you have to run at pride, which is a weapon the enemy uses with humility. You don't just walk at it. You don't just poke it in the side. You don't just back up on it. You run at pride with humility. You run at it, right? You have to charge fear with courage. You have to charge it. Come on now. These are militant words. You need to get fired up and you need to let this resonate on the inside of you. You have to chase down doubt. I'm talking, it's not enough to run it pride with humility or charge fear with courage. Sometimes they're going to retreat and instead of letting them retreat, you have to chase down doubt and you have to stomp it out with trust. You got to stomp it out and you got to say, doubt, you're not going to get me anymore. I'm going to chase you down and I'm going to tackle you and I'm going to place the word of God on top of you. I'm going to trust his word because his word is above your word, enemy. It'll take time but there is a life beyond your giants, right? Come on, there's life beyond your giants. This giant seems insurmountable. It seems unconquerable. It seems that I can't get past this. I won't go, I, won't, I can't get over this. I can't get through this. This is gonna be the way my life is from now on, right? That's what we tell ourselves because that's the enemy speaking that seeds of doubt and stealing seeds of faith from you and I. But we don't just stand there in, in a retreating, uh, retreating uh, uh, posture but we run at fear with courage, right? It takes time, but there's life beyond our giants. And if we can't do it for ourselves, then do it for the generations that are coming, be, or counting on you and I. If we can't do it for ourselves, do it for our kids, do it for our grandchildren. Come on, do it for those that are yet to come. 
That's what I'm talking about. God is within us. And if he's within us, what does that mean, by the way? It doesn't just mean, I'm not talking about just salvation, right? I mean, when you say God's with you, you know, you accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit resides in you, and you get filled with the Holy Spirit, have an Acts 2 experience, and that's all well and good, and that's, that's, that's what counts, right? But I'm talking beyond that. I'm talking about the fact that God's within you, meaning his word is within you. I hide your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. It's not just sin like I'm not going to lust or I'm not going to, you know, you know, lie, cheat, steal, murder, whatever. It's, it's beyond that or even expounded beyond that. It is that I'm not going to doubt. I'm not going to fall and let the enemy steal the seeds that are going to take me out every day. Every day, the enemy's job is to take you and I off of our God-given purpose. Come on, I'm speaking to somebody. Amen? Let's look at the next point here, all right? Your blessing is waiting. Man, come on, that a preacher right there. Your blessing is waiting. I want to talk about the word floodgate. Come on, it's the last restraint that's holding back an outpouring of something powerful or substantial. The last restraint. I'm talking about the the last, the enemy's already thrown his best. We talked about that a minute ago. I'm talking about the last restraint. Sometimes when you, when you, when you're busting down a door, they say that the, when one hinge or two hinges go off and there's only one holding it, that sometimes the resistance seems greater at that point, even though breakthrough is imminent, the resistance seems greater at that point than it did in the beginning when there was more resistance, literally. So the resistance seems greater. The enemy's holding. I mean, it's a mirage. You ever seen the commercials or the cartoons where, you know, they're in a desert, right? And they're hot and their tongue's hanging out, you know, and they, they want something to drink and they're so hot. They see an oasis in the, in the distance and all of a sudden they start running with everything they have and they die head first. You know what happens. You've all seen the cartoon. It disappears and they hit the dirt. Come on now. It's a mirage. I'm telling you right now, the enemy has nothing but a mirage because he's already been defeated. He's thrown his best. So floodgate, right? A last restraint holding back an outpouring of something powerful or substantial. The floodgate's going to come open. Why? Because God's word will not return void. The floodgate of the Lord's blessing and favor are opening. God said, I'm going to open up the floodgates. I'm going to, I'm going to take the last restraints and I'm going to rip them off. I'm going to open up the floodgate. And when I do, nothing's going to be able to hold back. And if we can just grab a hold, I'm talking a little bit of the, of the faith of the word of God and say, God, I believe you enemy. You have been defeated. I'm going to silence the, the seed stealing voice that's coming from you. And I'm going to walk towards God's word. And I'm going to, I'm going to believe that he's going to do it for me. Then the floodgates of the Lord's blessing and favor will open up and will pour out upon you and I. Come on now. That's really good right there. You guys got to grab a hold of that because there's something, listen, you, you, some, I, can, I can preach it. I can speak it, but I'm going to tell you something until I activate it by buying into it, until I, until I receive it, until I receive it, it doesn't have any, it doesn't have any power. His word does, but for those who receive it, his word has power, but it's only, it only, it only manifests when you receive it. It manifests for someone else. Someone else can receive it right now. You could receive this word and it could be powerful right now for you because it's God's word. It's alive. It's active. And it's working for you. But then there could be someone else that doesn't and hasn't received it yet. So therefore, the word of God is not activated in that person's life because they've yet to receive it. You're not waiting on God. He's waiting on us. His word will not return void. He spoke his word. It's, it's, when, it's when our faith and his word collide, the magic happens. Amen. Your blessing is waiting. It's waiting on you. 
So what do I do, David? What do I do? I, I think that if you begin to just look at the promises of God and speak to God, I'm not talking about blabbing it, grabbing it, naming it, claiming it. I'm not talking about, it's not as simple as just speaking it, but it's, it's going down and saying, God, I, you know, this is what your word says. And it, he wants you and I to remind him of what his word says. Because when we remind him, we're in a season where we're not relying on our strength, but we're relying on his strength. We've come to the end of our rope and, and, and we, we're, now, we're now letting go because we're at the end of our rope, but we're now at the beginning of his rope. And when you're at the beginning of his rope, you begin to link up with his word and something powerful takes place. Amen? The next point is take action. Take action. So many missed moments happen because of our craving for being ready. I got I to really explain that for a second. We miss moments because we crave as humans being ready. Like, I, I got to be ready. I got to get ready. And we let the fear of rejection, hear me, we let the fear of humiliation, we let the fear of failure, past failures, past hurts, we let those failures and the fear of those failures, because listen, that's all the enemy has. Keep in mind, listen, what your, your fear today is not because of what you're experiencing. It's because of what you've experienced or what you haven't experienced. Meaning, you know, you're, you're fearing past hurt, so therefore I'm going to get hurt today. I'm, 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 I'm fearing my, my past rejection. I'm remembering it. The enemy is reminding me of it, so I'm fearful of being rejected today. I, I remember when I was humiliated, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm fearful of current humiliation based on my past experience. I failed before, so surely I will fail again. And so here's the deal. We crave being ready so much that we let the fear of rejection, the fear of humiliation, the fear of failure make their decisions for us. So they make their decisions for us. So instead of buying in and believing what the Word of God says about our situation and our circumstances, we believe our past. We walk by sight and not by faith when the word of God says to walk by faith and not by sight. And listen, I've done it. You do it. I do it. You've done it. Come on. Well, I got news for you. You're never going to be fully ready. You're never going to feel fully ready. So today, you're already ready. Today, you're already purposed. Today, you're already prepared. I got to say that again, and you've got to get that. Why? Because it's not because I said it. The Word of God is full of this, right? He says it over and over that today you're ready. Why? Because I called you. He calls, and then he qualifies. He qualifies who he calls. God said you're ready. God said you're purposed. God said you're prepared. Why? Because if you try to do it in your own self anyway, you're going to fail. Every time David tries to put his hands to the plow, David jacks up the situation around David. But David has to realize, and you have to realize, Susie, you have to realize, Frank, you have to realize, Alyssa, you have to realize, George, you have to realize that you're ready today, you're purposed today, and you're prepared today. Not a preach, right there. <laughs> That's a short one, right? Come on, I'm almost done here, but I got to ask you, where are you right now when it comes to running with it? You know, um, I'm going to ask you if this was helpful, and if it was, you know, share it, but I want to get down to the down to the, the nitty-gritty. I want to close this out. When you run at something, you can't do that as a human being, right? I mean, with and not have fear unless you have calculated the situation. I mean, I'm talking if you're gonna do it on your own, if you have if you don't have God on your side, if you're not gonna do it with his word, 
I don't understand, right? I've done that before, but I don't understand. I can't, it scares me to death, right? But here's the reality. The reality is this. If we're going to do something outside of God, then you got to, then we're going to calculate it. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to look at it. We're going to weigh the pros and cons. All of this has to be, I got to look at this, right? I got to analyze it. I got to double analyze it, triple analyze it. But here's the deal. You're never going to be ready and you're never going to be able to guarantee that that's going to work out. There's always going to be risk, but when you do it, in God. I mean, he, the beautiful thing about Romans 8:38, one of my favorite scriptures of all time. I say it a lot on this podcast, and I say it a lot throughout my week. I say it a lot. I read it all the time. I highlight it over and over in my Bible app. I I look at it over and over. Why? Because it's 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 where I am. It's where you are. It's where we all as believers are. Romans 8:38 says that all things work together for the good to them that love God and to them that are the called according to his purpose. And, it, and it's just a beautiful picture because here's the deal. If there's certain things, if, if, if this were glass, it's not, but if this were glass and I threw it on the ground and it busted into pieces, you know, even if there were one big piece that, that was left and the rest of them are shattered or what have you, and there's a big piece that I could pick up and you can look at it and I can look at it and say, okay, that was a cup. That was a glass. That was a vessel right? There's a big piece there. I can see what it was. I can identify what that used to be, what that was. It's broken. I'm going to sweep it up and I'm going to discard it because it's broken. It's busted. I use another example. If I get a box for my, my kids or now my, my granddaughter, right? You know, I I want, I want, I don't want to buy from Ikea (laughs) because Ikea, you got to put everything together like in a million parts. I want like to order, the, I, I'm going to pay for it, restoration hardware. I'm going to go somewhere where the pieces are already coming as a whole and they barely have to be put together. And if they are delivered, someone's going to put it together right there on the spot for me. I don't want the box with 75,000 pieces in it. Here's the deal. I'm going to start putting that together and I'm going to forget something. And when it's done, I'm going to look around me and there's going to be a few pieces that aren't being used. They came for a reason. So where do they go? I don't know. You may not want to sit on that furniture that I put together. You may not want to use that or ride that bicycle that I put together. I'm going to discard the cup, the vessel that I dropped and busted, even though I can identify what it is. See, that's a human element. That's me. That's you. But aren't you glad that God takes the broken pieces? You may only have one piece. This is what Romans 8.38 says to me. All things work together for the good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to his purpose. He takes the broken piece. He takes the bent piece. You lost a piece. You're missing a piece. And God will take it. And he'll take it. And he'll take the good. He'll take the broken. He'll take the bad. He'll take the discarded. He'll take the bruised. He'll take the used. He'll take the scared. He'll take the confident. He'll take the success, he'll take the failure, and he'll put it all together and produce something good. He, he, listen, he doesn't eliminate the failure. It's a testimony. He doesn't eliminate the fear, the scared, the apprehension. It's a testimony. Your past is there to help someone else out of theirs. He takes it, he breathes on it, 
and he makes something. Come on. He doesn't, he doesn't take a dustpan of life in a broom of life and sweep up your broken pieces and throw them in the trash heap. He goes into the potter's field, it says in Jeremiah, and th there's discarded pieces all throughout the field. He'll take those pieces and he'll put them back on the wheel and he'll lubricate, he'll wet them again and he will take them and he'll remold them. He'll take the cracked pieces of your life and the scarred areas of your life. And listen, he doesn't eliminate the scars, but he makes it a whole piece again to be used. And someone can look at your scar, they can look at your circumstance, they can look at where the crack used to be and they can go, I can identify with that because in Revelation, we're made overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony because God's got a testimony that he's used for us. I'm looking for, I used that word here just a second ago. Testimony is a big deal and I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but somebody in your life needs to hear your testimony. Somebody needs to know that you don't have it all together. You know, I, sometimes every once in a while, and I'm gonna end with this, Every once in a while I need to share, you know, listen, I mean, you're looking at someone who's a businessman. We, we, we do close to $20 million a year in business. I mean, we're a successful business advertising, marketing company, a training company. You know, a lot, uh, you know I, I do a lot of speaking. We have close to 50, 60 employees. You look at that and you say, okay, that person has it together. But you know, as a college dropout, my, my nephew asked me the other day, he said, you went to, it was a community college. He goes, you went to HCC? I said, yeah, if you want to, like three months. And I said, out of those three months, I only went like, you know, a couple days a week until they basically asked me not to come back. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I wasn't even a college dropout. I barely graduated from high school. And you know what? I went through drug addiction, went through, you know, alcoholism, went through tons of things in my life. You know, third generation preacher's kid, preacher's grandkid. I mean, went through, called to the ministry at an early age, but just went through the ringer. You know what? Had, was voted most likely to not make it. I mean, you know what? It, it should have been dead a thousand times. But here's the deal. The reality is my testimony can help somebody else get out of that situation. Why? Because here's the deal. I'm not that person, but I was that person. And the only difference between that David and this David is the grace of God, is the word of God. God took and he didn't discard the pieces, right? And he said, hey, I'm going to breathe on you and put you back together. But the scars, that you know, listen, if you're attracted to me in any way, shape or form, the message that comes out of me, I'm gonna tell you, it's the fact that I've got some cracks that you can relate to. Come on, you gotta run at it. You gotta run at it. You gotta run at it. Listen, the biggest, <clears throat> and I promise you I'm gonna end, the biggest lie the enemy can tell you right now is that you don't, you're not qualified to help anyone else. I'm gonna tell you something, that's a lie. Simon Peter, one of my favorite characters in the Bible, you know why? Because I can relate to him. He jacked up, he, had, he was always sticking his foot in his mouth. I've done that a many a time. But at the same time, he had boldness and he wanted to be used by God. I can relate to that. He had a lot of failures. He was, he was ashamed and, and walked in shame sometimes because of the life he lived. I can relate to that. God loved him and looked past that, and I can relate to that. And you know what? There's a part in the Bible, <clears throat> a couple of parts there, really quick as I end this, and I'm speaking to somebody. I believe I'm off script totally, but it's okay. Listen, this is ministry right here. <clears throat> if you're watching this, the one thing about Simon Peter that just fascinates me, you know, he looked at it when everyone else didn't know what what Jesus was talking about. Jesus said, who do you say that I am? You people that hang out with me, who am I? And, and, and everybody was like looking around. And Simon Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. 
And Jesus said, blessed are you for flesh and blood. Man didn't reveal that to you, but my father did, which is in heaven. And he said, I'm changing your name. You're no longer Simon of Barjona. You are now Peter, which, and he said this, Peter means a fragment of the rock, a piece of the rock. And he said, you're now Peter. You're now a piece of the rock upon the rock. That what you just said, upon the foundation that you said, I'm the Christ, upon that foundation, I will build my church. You're a piece of it, Peter. But upon the foundation and revelation that you were given by God, that I am Christ, the Son of the living God, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You know what prevail means? Prevail is not a defensive Prevail means that they won't prevail. They will not win. When they're attacking, they won't prevail. When you're attacking, they will not prevail. You will win. But then later on, Simon Peter's faith multiple times was, was challenged. Just not long after that, when Jesus looked at him and he said, Simon, Satan desires to have you to sift you as wheat. To sift you as wheat. In the old days, they would put wheat in a sifter and they'd sift it and they'd break the outer hard shaft off. And they'd discard the shaft and the wheat would fall through the bottom of the sifter. And, he's, and that's how they would do it. And the wheat that fell through, they were able to use it. The hard outer shell was chaff, C-H-A-F-F. They would throw the shaft away because it was unmoldable and unable to be used. And here's the deal. He said, Satan desires to have you to sift you like wheat. Comma, but, Jesus said, but I prayed. Come on, when Jesus prayed, you got it. He said, I prayed your faith. What faith? Your faith fail not, Peter. And when you're converted, strengthen the brethren. When you're converted, strengthen others around you. He said, I prayed that your faith fail not. Listen, somebody needs to hear this. What faith was he talking about? He said, I prayed that your faith. Go back, Peter. When you said, I'm the Christ, the son of the living God, that faith that faith right there. I pray that faith will not fail. No matter what you walk through, no matter what you go through, no matter what you experience, no matter how stuck you feel, I pray that your faith fail not. And when you are converted, strengthen the brethren, strengthen those around you. That's what God's called you to do. You got to run at it with purpose. And it wasn't long, just a few short weeks after Peter denied Jesus, right after he said that, he denied him three times. He went and wept bitterly and experience the conversion that Jesus was talking about. A few short weeks later, you think you're unqualified? This is the man who denied Jesus three times. A few short weeks later, just a few, he stood up when no one else did on the day of Pentecost and said, this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel. And he began to preach and 3,000 people were added to the church that day. Hey, I want to pray. God bless everyone watching right now. Father, we, I pray that they would run at it. Let's all run at it. God, we'd run at it knowing that you have our backs. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. Hey, thank you guys for hanging out with me. Sorry if I went over a little bit. I hope I ministered to you in some way. Let me know if I did and make sure you share the broadcast. See you next week.